Yo, what up, man? You gotta put out some more episodes. I mean, I hope all is going well, but I'm tired of re-listening to all your episodes. Your podcast is the shit. Like, you gotta put more episodes out there. And, um, again, I hope all is well. Well, thank you, uh, the wonderfully named Billy Badass and Nickelback Nathaniel. I'm back. Okay, I'm going to try and wing this. Hello, guys. It's me, Patrick. I'm back. And uh, so is the great everything. The time has come. The time has come for the great everything to return. I'm currently in my apartment in Budapest in self-imposed quarantine, alone with, well, two cats, I guess, two little morons who bring a lot of joy and delight to my life, mainly because they spend so much time play fighting all over the house. It's very distracting, but in a good way. But anyway, as I was saying, the great everything is returning. So this is just another little update to let you know that very soon, the great everything 2.0 will launch again on Anchor, on Spotify, on iTunes, and wherever else you listen to your podcasts. And I'm going to be going all in this time. And here's what I've been doing up to now. And here's what I will be doing from now. Currently, I am in the process of completing my graduate degree in philosophy. I have been specializing in political philosophy, specifically democratic theory. So how democracy works, if it works at all. A very relevant question. I'm sure you all agree, looking around the world and the state of America, is democracy a viable option? Does it work? Does it give us the best solutions and the best outcomes? These are all open questions that I'm sure we'll have a lot of fun discussing together on The Great Everything. I've also become a bit of a specialist, although a self-proclaimed one, in democratic epistemology, a fascinating idea and a fascinating field in which we ask How do we evaluate the sources of information that come to us in a democracy? Of course, democracy is partly based on the idea of freedom of expression, you know, the free marketplace of ideas, all these different ideas, the good ones, the bad ones, all the ones in between, coming together like in a market, and through the force of argument, in theory, the best ones emerge, the best ideas come to the light, and the worst ones sort of fall to the bottom. And that's how, in theory at least, that's how democracy always comes to the best solutions. But we're noticing that that isn't necessarily the case, partly because in the age of social media, we have so much information and so much of it is just shit. So how do we choose and how do we know which one is in any way connected to the truth, you know, in the world of fake news and post-truth and competing information, truths that are only half-truths and stuff like whatever Donald Trump is doing. And yeah, you know, I don't want to get political, but now I am actually a political philosopher. So, you know, sue me. Oh, no, I'm also a lawyer. So that's probably not a good idea. But anyway, yeah, sorry, just a little brag in there. I like to brag. That's something that I really shouldn't do as much as I do. But what can I say? We're all human and humans are partly shit. Anyway, I'm doing my thesis, but I should finish with this thesis and therefore with my graduate degree in philosophy that has taken so much of my life recently, this week or next. And after that, I will be going all in with the great everything. What is the great everything going to be? It's partly going to be the same as it has always been. 
a place where together we explore great ideas and try to find what is valuable in each of them. But it's more focused now. The Great Everything has a plan behind it. For the past year and a half, two years, I've been developing this, let's say, if I wanted to sound very fancy, I would say a theory. It's not really a theory. It's more of a framework. I've been developing a framework, which I think is very intuitive, very simple. It's something that I can tell you, and I think you will all agree, hmm, this sounds right. So the framework is this. I believe that with every one of our actions and interactions, I mean literally everything we do, from brushing our teeth to swatting a fly without even realizing that we're doing it, to sitting on the couch stoned and thinking about the truth of the universe, we are constantly answering a question, one or more universal questions. And what I've done is I have reduced these questions to 10. 10 questions that shape human existence. And my belief is that because so much of what we do is not fully within our conscious control, partly because we're responding by instinct to some stimulus, partly because there are societal pressures that make us do things despite those things not necessarily being in our best interest or even what we authentically want. Not just, you know, the big societal pressures of the sort we're reading about and watching on the news these days, but I mean, small things that have a massive impact, like the fact that society tells you that certain professions are what counts as successful or prestigious, like what happened to me when I signed up to be a corporate lawyer at one of the world's top firms. Why did I do that? Is that something I really wanted to? Or did it just sort of fit a preconceived notion of what would make me successful? We need to understand how much of what we do is not actually us. Yet, if everything we're doing is our way of answering one of 10 universal questions that define human existence, then by actively engaging with those questions, and coming up with our own answers, our own personal, authentic answers to those questions, not the answers given to us by society, not the ones given to us by our tribe or by some influencer on Instagram or by our parents or by our boss or by TV or by Golda, who is sleeping very cutely right now in front of me and who, well, of the many things she has, answers are not one of them, but our own answers by discovering our own answers to those questions and by putting those answers into our output, into our behaviors, into our actions, into our interactions, we begin to shape our own lives in accordance with what we want and who we are. We transform ourselves and by transforming ourselves, we transform that little slice of world around us. From now on, the Great Everything is going to be a discussion of the 10 questions that define and shape human existence. And we will, in every episode, talk about one of these questions and how great thinkers, great poets, artists, musicians, athletes, ordinary people like me, you, or Golda, have answered or tried to answer these questions. And from all these answers that we will explore and evaluate, 
we will pick those answers that appear to crop up from time to time in different places, different cultures, different parts of the world, the ones that seem, in a word, timeless or universal. And we will evaluate these and say, hmm, maybe this is actually true. It's not contingent on a time or a place, but maybe this is actually something we might call a universal truth. So let's keep that. Why should we keep that? What is the project here? Well, there's a number of sides to the project. One of them is that it's just fun. It's interesting. It helps us know more about the world, to explore it through the lens of these 10 universal questions that shape our lives. But the other side is, I want to build something that I've been calling the Encyclopedia of Being, an actual catalog of the answers to these questions that you can peruse. But it also is the quest for an ideology. Let me take a step back. If we start to put our own beliefs, our own views, our own answers to the 10 questions that shape human existence into our actions, our interactions and our behaviors, into the way we conduct ourselves and the way we shape the world around us, it is not just that we will be more fulfilled in accordance with our own authentic and personal idea of what fulfillment is. It is not just that we will live the life that reflects who we really are, but we are doing something more. What we are doing has a social impact. We become better placed to be global citizens. Global citizens in a global world that can come up with and contribute to global solutions to the global challenges facing us. It's not controversial to say that of all the great problems that we are currently facing and that we will continue to face in the 21st century, climate change, the aftermath in terms of mental health, physical health, and the economy of the coronavirus pandemic, the rise of AI and the joblessness that will ensue, the fact that America is slowly beginning to step away from its uh, role as global caretaker and police force, questions about justice, the rising tribalism and hatred between political and ethnic factions. All these problems are not local. None of these are issues that only affect America or Sicily or China or Wuhan. These are global problems. We are all interconnected more than we have ever been before. And it doesn't seem that way because we've been locked in apartments for the past three months, but we are, we are connected. Everything that happens, happens to all of us. And so any solution that we offer must be a global solution. But that is a difficulty. Because the global world is made up of so many different people. 
each of them with their individual viewpoint, each of them with their own faction and their own tribe, each of them who have beliefs and opinions and their own views about what should be done, most of the time these views are going to be in open conflict with the views of others. This is not a good setting for global solutions. So how do we get guy A to go along with guy B's solution if that's literally the opposite of what he wanted? That is a big question. How can we be the kinds of people who can work in this pluralistic system where very often we're not going to have things go our way or the way we think they should go, where very often the solutions proposed might be completely the opposite of what we want to see happen. What can we do if not appeal to our common humanity to find those things, those what I've called universal truths that are common to all of us and take those and say, okay, this is bedrock. Here is something that we can truly all agree on. So whatever this global solution, this global ideology, this global project must be, it has to contain this universal truth in it. We are individuals. And as individuals, in a very real way, we are strangers to one another. We are all living within our own subjectivity. And our subjectivity is our own personal point of view, which cannot be crossed other than through dialogue. But if my viewpoint, my language, and I don't just mean spoken language, I mean the paradigms and frameworks through which I see the world, if mine are so different from yours, how can communication even take place? What we need is bridges between you and me. And what can those bridges be made of, if not out of stepping stones that we both agree on? If I put a stepping stone between us, and you don't agree that it is a legitimate and valid stepping stone, if you believe that my facts are just alternative facts and not the real thing, if we disagree about these basic things, there is no common ground between us. There is no shared reality that can act as the background for our project of finding solutions together. And we need those stepping stones to be agreed on. And that is what the search for universal truths is all about. Because without those, there is no foundation for our common project of finding solutions to the problems that ail us. And we're seeing it right now. We are living through perhaps the greatest age of uncertainty we or any of our recent ancestors have seen. We don't know what the future looks like. We have been closed in our apartments. We don't know what to believe. And in the midst of all this uncertainty, we have the civil unrest, something that looks similar to a civil war, our natural tribalism in full display. That is no basis for finding common solutions. When you start seeing those who disagree with you as your enemy, that is not a good starting point. And believe me, I understand the feeling of rage that you get when you witness an injustice. 
I'll tell you something about me. I, I'm slightly ashamed to reveal this because it is so not who I want to present myself as. But when I saw that video of George Floyd, I felt such hatred for Derek, whatever his name is, Chauvin. I felt true hatred. It was revenge and bloodlust. I felt those in me. I felt that I wanted him to get arrested. I wanted him to go to jail and I wanted him to be tortured to death by the other inmates. That is something that was in my heart. I felt those emotions. Isn't that vile? Isn't that disgusting? Isn't that the opposite of what I or any reasonable and kind-hearted person preaches or should preach? Yet these feelings, these impulses that blind us to our common humanity, that make us see everyone as the enemy, someone dehumanized, this is not the best of what makes us human. And for us to be able to overcome our troubles and to move into a new phase, a prosperous phase for humanity, we need to realize that we are all one. And I know these are just pretty, pretty sounding words, and to some extent they are, but we have to. We are looking for global justice. We are looking for a world in which everyone can thrive and prosper and everyone has the same opportunities. But if we want that world, we have to step away from hatred. We need to understand that the problems we have are derived from hatred and tribalism and division. We need to check those base impulses. We need to really, really reflect on our common humanity and what is there for us to build upon. And that is what I hope to contribute to with The Great Everything, to make us the kinds of people who are ready for a future where humanity prospers, where we are all brothers and sisters, where we don't necessarily like each other, but we still care for one another as morally equal individuals. And yes, there will always be psychopaths, and there will always be racists, and there will always be people who are impenitent, in their betrayal of the best of what makes us human. And those people should suffer consequences. But we need to understand, in letting ourselves be consumed by hatred and by rage and by bloodlust, by dehumanizing the other, we are committing the exact same sin that we are raging against. What I'm trying to say is that we need to come together. We need to understand and appreciate what we all have in common. Because we are living in a world where, because of social media, our natural differences in ideology, in viewpoint, are coming to surface. And because of the way interactions happen on social media, these ideas and ideologies and viewpoints are clashing in a way that is not healthy. It's not a free marketplace of ideas. It's a open battlefield of ideas and apologies but I'm just no longer young enough to be excited by the idea of battles battles are places where people ultimately die and that is not what we want that is not the future we want our conversations have become increasingly unhealthy and toxic the anger the rage we feel when we see something we don't like I wanted that Derek Chauvin or Chauvin or whatever, however you pronounce his name, I felt a delight at imagining him get shivved to death as just revenge 
for what he did to George Floyd. That was something in my heart. That is something that is the exact opposite of who I aspire to be. So I'm telling you that to say that I understand the feeling, the rage, the desire for justice, the desire for violence even, that can come when we see a true injustice happen. But at the same time, this is not who we should aspire to be. We should redress injustice. We should fix what's wrong in our society. But ultimately, we don't want a world where it's an eye for an eye. So what do we do? We need to assess a kind of framework where we can all agree on at least some basics. And hopefully, we can find those basics, those basic ground rules that literally everyone can agree on, the, the foundation of our common human morality, somewhere among these great answers to the 10 questions that define human existence. And we will be doing that together on The Great Everything. So apologies for the length of this update. It was meant to be a five-minute little intro, but then I just sort of went on rambling, as I usually do, and I'm sure I will do again in the future. But the too-long-didn't-read version is, I'm finishing my thesis, I'm almost back, and in July, we will start with The Great Everything 2.0, which will be here to stay, and I will be doing this until I drop dead. Until then... Be well, stay safe, wear your masks, try to listen to each other, and leave me alone. I have a thesis to write. Ciao. Thank you so much for staying with me until the end. As I said, next month, The Great Everything starts over. And there's a little something I'd like to ask you to do in the meantime to help this little common project of ours get going. First of all, you can leave a review on iTunes or wherever it is you listen to podcasts. This helps immensely, and I love receiving them, and I'm very grateful for them. Also, you can add me on social media. I'm not a huge social media fiend, but if I'm going to get serious about The Great Everything, I need to start being that. So add me on Instagram, at The Great Everything. It's a new page I set up. There's pretty much nothing on it, but there will be. I'm also there as myself, at Wise Hypocrite, but that's a slightly separate thing. I'm on Facebook, The Great Everything. I'm on YouTube, The Great Everything. I'm not on Twitter, because I really don't like Twitter. I mean, I'm there as myself, but you know, that's, again, a separate thing. <laughs> Best stay away from Twitter, in all honesty. And finally, if you want to take part in these conversations, and I urge you to do so because I want them to be conversations, you can always go on the Anchor page, anchor.com. TGE, no wait, what is it? Anchor.fm slash TGE, something like that. And if you want, you can call in, you can leave a voice message, you can ask questions, and you can be part of this conversation, of this project of finding answers together. So, see you in a few weeks. Until then, arrivederci.